Mind Over Millennial contains explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. All views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the creators of Mind Over Millennial. The creators are not licensed healthcare, finance, or life professionals, but we're happy to share our Google expertise with you. Listener discretion is advised. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Mind Over Millennial. My name is Lauren. My name is Tess. You can't hear me. <laughs> and I can't hear her because I have a special guest this week. It's not totally his fault, but it's kind of his fault because we are in his hangar. And by hangar, I literally mean an airplane fucking hangar. Uh, if people are on our Instagram, like you've seen the hangar before, it's pretty fucking dope. But uh, my really cool. one of my best friends from college, uh, Glenn, is going to be our our little co-host today, our little Woo! guest today. So Glenn, you want to say hi? Hi, I'm Glenn. <laughs> Welcome, Glenn. Yeah, so we're super excited to have Glenn on the show. And the whole reason uh, that we have pestered Glenn to join us today is because uh, Glenn is getting his master's. Ooh. Yeah, you, can't, you obviously can't see it at home, but I, uh, I have a frown on my face. <laughs> Just when you thought the homework was over, it kept coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just it's reading for days. Reading for <laughs> days. It's like every week, 200 different pages of a, of a new book. It's, oh, my God. That is bonkers. That sounds oh. like my upper-level English classes, which I don't know, remember why I took. I mean, honestly, I am one of the worst people in the world because I don't really think I have read a book since I got my bachelor's degree. Why? Uh, I think mainly just because reading emails all day gets exhausting. <laughs> we don't have personal space when we only have one microphone, which is why I'm making mine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, um, I think one of the best things to do is, uh, we can ask everybody how they are. Tess, how are you? I'm doing well. I just started my glass of wine and remembered I forgot to eat today. So this should get fun quick. How are you, Lauren? <laughs> Bless. Uh, I am doing great. I hope this episode ages well because uh, it's going to come out in November, but uh, October 26th is close to when we're recording and that's my release date for my project. Whoop, whoop. Oh, we'll fucking see what happens. And Glenn, how are you? I'm okay. Uh, I taught today. It was, a, it was a pretty easy class. It was fun Friday. So we watched Hi. Holes with Shia LaBeouf. And yes, I love that movie. What life lessons did you learn? Um, to be nice to people, to be compassionate, um, to not be a scumbag, and to take advantage of kids to further your own things. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Solid lessons. Solid. Do not use child labor in order to dig up treasure. That is what <laughs> we learned from Holes today. <laughs> child labor is bad, okay? <laughs> okay. 
Well, that opens me into a first question. Like, what do you teach? What is this? Tell me about your life. Cause Lauren knows you, but I'm like our listeners and I know nothing. So tell me about you. <laughs> okay. So, um, my name is Glenn. I was born in North Carolina in 1994. Um, awesome. I am a teacher in Pasco County, Florida, and I teach special needs. So I, awesome. I work with either sixth through eighth grade, um, self-contained social behavior program kiddos. And so it's, it's interesting because every day is different, but at the same time, every day is different. So there's no consistency <laughs> that you'd like to see in a normal classroom. Well, there is consistency on my part, but not on the kids' part. Uh, I am certified to teach science, uh, 6 through 12, uh, earth-based science and specifics, and nice. uh, social studies, 6 through 12 as well. Um, so I love science and history. It's my jam. That's really cool. I remember science projects back then as like lots of baking soda and things that exploded. I don't know if that's still how they do it, but that's what I remember as sixth to eighth grade science. Um, kind of to, to tie in with the whole airplane theme, I actually, I brought a, a glider, a foam glider with a oh. wingspan and we had it for all of 15 minutes before a kid killed it. But you know, for that 15 <laughs> minutes, you should have seen the smiles on their faces, right? Oh Yeah. <laughs> It flies through the air. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that would have been pretty fucking dope. Like, I would have loved to I, see. I would that. still get excited over that, and I'm 26, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so, Glenn, you're trying to join a pretty elite club, you know? I mean, I'm not just talking about the Mile High one, which, like, maybe you're a part of anyways, because you fly planes, but, like, the master's degree club. Like, what made you want to join a very elite group that only makes up 13.1% of the American populace? Well, that's a great question. Um, I never really had the intention when I went into my undergraduate, uh, really up until maybe six months ago. I, I didn't really want to. It was something I always thought about. Yeah. Um, I, my last class I took at USF was with a professor by the name of Dr. Arsenault, and he's a relatively famous guy in the history community, and I had him for my last class, and he kind of changed the way that I saw Florida history as not just something boring about the Seminoles and a swamp down south, but as something that is a little bit more. Um, and that kind of stuck with me as I, as I went into the teaching career and as I did more with like my certifications and, and being able to say that I'm a professional teacher man. Um, but by the end of it, I kind of, I felt like I was wanting more uh, just out of academia, I guess. I want to learn more and I want to, I want to know. And I always say that I'm a historian, but I, I'm a, you know, I have my bachelor's in history. That, that ain't shit. So I kind of wanted to be able to say something more. Um, and I feel like uh, a master's in Florida studies is the way to do that. And it would also set me off on a good jumping off point for a, t a potential PhD. Yeah. Wow. No, for sure. I mean, and it's it's a really interesting thing that you talk about how you weren't really interested in um, getting a, a master's because I remember back in our bachelor's day, you were pretty much just like ready to go. Um, but I mean, was it something that, was it truly just that experience um, with your last professor or was it, is it also like a professional move? Um, is it just that personal choice? What or was it just out of being this, in the, the personal game? Yeah, like, is there a personal gain there? Or is it like, after being in the workforce, you kind of discovered that like, no, I really, my passion is history. And this is where I want to go. Well, I mean, my passion's always been history. So that actually started in high school with my one of my uh, AP Euro teachers, uh, Christopher Gamble. RIP. Uh, great guy. And he got me into history. And, you know, I, I went into college. I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And I think I was like marine bio at USF St. Petersburg. And I, I just, it wasn't for me. You know, it just wasn't, it wasn't a good fit. And 
Then I bounced around. I think it was psychology for maybe 30 minutes. And then from there, I, I went to history. And my uh, advisor told me, don't, don't be doing anything for money because you're not going to be happy. So I was like, well, oh shit. Well, that gets out, that gets, you know, doctors and lawyers out. Um, but you know, then she said, well, how about you go for something that you're interested in? You've talked to me about loving history do that. And I was like, you know what? Well, fuck it. Why not? Um, my original goal was to fly airplanes and to fly airplanes. You just need a four year. You don't need anything specific. So that was the perfect choice for me. Um, getting out of college. However, you kind of start realizing the realities of life and that shit is not cheap. Uh, including when not limited to flying airplanes. So yes. with that being said, I kind of moved into <laughs> teaching as kind of like a stopgap. Um, I, you know, and, and I, I'm not going to offend some teachers out there and, you know, I'm sorry, but when I was a kid, I always said that teaching is for people who gave up on their dreams, right? If you don't know how to do something, teach. Um, I I've heard can, that one. I can honestly say I've changed my viewpoint on that now. Um, nice. It's a very noble profession. I, I do love teaching. Every, like I said, every day is different, and I, I get great uh, satisfaction out of working with the students that I work with. Um, but it was never my goal, right? And, and at the end of, of college, I went into teaching, uh, and I was like, you know what? I'll sub for a little bit. Maybe I'll get my certification all with the end goal of becoming an airline pilot. Mm -hmm. So you get, you get through your certification. It's like a three-year process. It's a whole bunch of the busy work, but you get through it and you're like, oh, well, what do I do now? And I didn't know. Uh, you know, it, you can think about it until you're blue in the face, but I figured one night after a couple of strong beverages that I just needed to jump out and do it, which was applying for USF St. Petersburg. Um, you know, and I, I applied. I sent in my application. I sent in my fee. Of course, they want their money. Uh, Always. I, in my writing sample and the writing sample, I guess they kind of got their attention because it was not only was it from Dr. Arsenault, a person in the program, um, but it was also pretty well written. I had like 74 people read it and tell me and give me edits. I think Lauren was one of them. I was. So enough wow. people read over it to say, hey, you know what? You know how to write that I felt comfortable sending it in. Uh, and then upon doing so, they said that it, was, it had wide support from the teachers and they wanted to get me into the next cohort as soon as possible. So uh, they actually bugged the people that I asked for letters of recommendation from because they were dragging their feet over summer. Um, so I don't know who ended up sending in my letters. You know, thank you, Dr. McKay. I thought it was bonkers. I didn't know that you had 74 people look at one paper. That's a lot. Exaggeration, but for surely double digits. Like I, I had That's a lot. Cause when I first graduated, I obviously it was my capstone paper. So bunch of people read it for that so then I, I got out and I actually knowing I would make one day maybe need a writing sample I had the, the 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 good judgment of having one of my Starbucks co-workers at the time actually read the paper and she's now an editor in New York so I had a good idea in this so she read it and she was like do you even thesis <laughs> um, she asked do like did you proofread this before you sent it to me because it looks like a toddler wrote it like it was very very brutal and um, it was going through maybe two hours of her edits and, and is, is kind of what made me like all right, maybe I need to take this a bit more seriously if I'm going to be doing this professionally. Um, but, you know, I got it in uh, to, to the professors. They liked it. They sent it back that they wanted me to join the program. Um, and I put in my first, my, my first two papers for it in the entire program so far. I got an A on the first one. I'm waiting for my results on the second one. Um, but, yeah, it's super Hi. Guys, Florida, do it. So one thing that I did have to ask is, you know, you're, you're doing – the, the history of Florida and you've explained that you do have this passion for it. And like, I know that, I know that you have a passion for Florida history in particular, but 
why didn't you do anything with your minor, which was astronomy, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and then why didn't you do anything with astronomy? And then even like, I don't, I don't know if there's like an airplane science or anything like that, but you know, I know that you're not the best at math, but you married a math teacher and I'm pretty sure that she would be willing to help. So, uh, well, so obviously there, there's a few factors that go into this, but it's also my acceptance, you know, percentages, um, going into a, any, any sort of engineering or math heavy field is going to require you to have those math heavy background, whether that be mm -hmm. me taking calculus or what have you. I didn't take any of those. I'll be honest. I took the bare minimum math class as possible. And I took the rest history because that was my, my, my thing, you know, same Z's. So, uh, you know, for me to apply <laughs> for an astrophysics masters or phd was a bit funny right a bit of a stretch a bit. i think that yeah i would i would have to have done some favors uh but i didn't have to right so now i, I was able to get into this program based on my own merits right. um that was important uh the math it's it's funny you brought up my math not being the best so when i was in college i hated math because i didn't have the foundation for middle school and high school to really build that up now that i've went back and i'm teaching middle school i'm much more confident with math like <laughs> I, I understand it better because i'm doing it every day and i'm teaching it yeah. I am smarter than a fifth grader, you could say. Okay, yeah. so this is a message to all of our listeners, all seven of you that are teachers. <laughs> I'm sure there's at least one of you that is a teacher. If you're a middle school teacher, your job matters. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because that, that math, when you start counting on your fingers and then you try to go through calculus, no. No, I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, listen, if you're not counting on your fingers, you're doing it wrong because they're <laughs> your best resource when you're trying to keep things in your brain and on, you know, I just tell you what. <laughs> So, yeah, and so I would have, I would have loved to be able to go on and do something with, with, you know, STEM, uh, but it just wasn't really in the cards at that point. With, when it comes to aviation science and stuff, there's not a lot of places that do it, one of which is Embry-Riddle in Daytona. Uh, I was actually about to ask about that. Really expensive. My dad was actually a uh, adjunct professor there in the 80s. So I, I would have had a good shot at getting in because, you know, they do preferential treatment and all that. But yeah. um, I didn't really want to because, I, A, they told me I wouldn't fly. They, they told me I wouldn't be able to fly while I was getting my master's. And me and my wife actually visited. I went on a flight with them in the back mm -hmm. of, a, of a twin. It was an excellent experience. Uh, gorgeous campus. Obviously, they have a lot of money, so they can do a lot of cool things. Yeah. But you tell me I can't fly and you've gone ahead and you've lost my interest. So why especially were they, when you're going to an aviation-based school, it doesn't make sense. Why were they not wanting to let you fly? Was it a, uh, like not even on your personal aircraft or how does this work? Uh, at the time I didn't, I didn't have one, but it was just oh. a workload. So like I, I was uh. expecting to go in and be able to do my work and then on my off time, fly one of their like airplanes for the right fees, whatever it would cost yeah. to be able to build my time and to do what I need to do to be able to be a eventually be a flight instructor. Um, when they told me I would be, not be able to do that, even on my own time, I, yeah, I was like, all right, you know, really cool meeting you guys. Um, there's a couple other options, but they're just either really, really far away, like UND, University of North Dakota, um, mm -hmm. FIT, Florida Institute of Technology. Um, those are both uh, happening schools for that, but you know, I don't really want to go to a private school and public schools. I don't want to go to North Dakota. No offense to anyone from North Dakota. It's too cold. The 11 people that are in North Dakota. Yeah. I, honestly, I sometimes think that it's not even a real place, but then you know, I'm a teacher. I can't say that. It's not allowed. I, I drove people. through there once. <laughs> you drove through there once? <laughs> it exists. There was nothing there, but I drove through. <laughs> well, I mean, there might be 11 people there, but none of them are listeners of ours. So I don't there think we go. that so you're- Oh, Fargo. <laughs> Don't you know? Eh? Isn't that Wisconsin? It, well, it's kind of like a mixture of both. It's kind of like a regional thing. If you've ever watched the movie Fargo, 
uh, it's literally placed in Fargo, North Dakota. And like the wife is like, like a pregnant police officer. And, and like, he's like, Oh, I should make you dinner, hon. And she's like, Oh no. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's very much so a regional thing, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to go look up that movie now. <laughs> oh, it's, it's fantastic. It's, you know, I, I do recommend it. Um, yeah. I'm not going to give any spoilers to some of your like 11 listeners, but it, yeah, it, no, yeah. no spoilers. No. We don't do spoilers here. Um, so you talked about the application process and like, it seems like for you, you got a little spoiled because the, because those 74 right. people that wrote your paper or read your paper, not wrote it, but read your paper. Oh, yeah, they, all <laughs> part. they all wrote a period or a letter, you know, co-author. Um, yeah. Something or other. Um, so for me personally, like that actual application process is kind of what turns me off of, of getting the masters on top of all of the extra bullshit of, you know, how much it costs. But um, what was the most egregious or what was the part of applying and what was a part of that process that was the biggest hurdle for you to overcome that was kind of like the thing staring, in you, staring you in the face that you were just like, nah, I'm not about this, brah. Well, um, if I had to have done a GRE, I probably would have been less than pleased. Um, so I didn't have to. I was fortunate my program didn't require it. Uh, however, they said that if you didn't have at least a three point, uh, I'm going to get myself in trouble here, but I want to say it was a 3.0, they would recommend it, i.e. you wouldn't be able to get into the program, you'd only be able to enroll as a non-degree seeking student, and then if you did well, they would accept you. Uh, so I didn't have to do that because I had a 3.16. Nice. barely good enough but it is what there it is right? yep yep um, hey it gets it but the 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 most daunting in my opinion was getting the courage to take confidence in my work my writing and send it in that writing sample because it's like you have to kind of put yourself out there in front of professors and doctors who have been doing this for years like literally years their entire life like dr arsenault uh he graduated uh from Brandeis. Uh, he got into Harvard and he told them no. So, you know, he actually wrote the book on air conditioning in Florida in case you wanted to look it up. Super duper cool guy, right? Um, and like, I don't know, I really wanted the opportunity to go to this school to be able to study under him and, you know, Dr. Francis and, and you know, uh, Dr. Mormino and I, they all saw the paper. So for th those people who are acclaimed historians to look at my work and say, you know what, this kid might have what it takes to be successful means a lot. And so when I got that word back, you know, I was on top of the damn moon. I was like, oh, all right, well, <laughs> look who's coming to town, Mr. G. Uh, but, you know, once you got into it and you get into how much work it is and what kind of a commitment it is, uh, it is kind of hard to overlook it at first. And I definitely, I over overestimated my abilities and underestimated the, what was required of me. Um, I think I'm kind of getting on top of it now for the first time in the semester and we're on week nine. So, oh, wow. If I don't go home and read tonight, we're going to get right back behind it. <laughs> right back behind the curve. I mean, honestly, that that's where I would be too. I mean, I don't, I don't know, Tess, this sounds like a little bit too much work. It sounds like a lot of work to me, honestly. Like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds like a very intensive. I remember only one class that sounded like that, and that was one class, not an entire course load, so I can't imagine. Was this the class where she sent you to therapy? Oh, no, that was chemistry. That's not a lot of reading. <laughs> Yeah, you'll you'll have to listen to that episode. All right, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm yeah. behind. <laughs> no, uh, this was an upper level English class where we were doing a bunch of stuff on like Greece and Rome and everything, and uh, like, uh, 
Oh no, it was a summer. I took two English classes in a six week course. And so every night it was 350 pages. That's a mistake. It was, but I passed. It's okay. I, I barely mastered any sort of idea of English, not, you know, but like, I, <laughs> you I don't speak know. I it can, well. I, I speak <laughs> it okay. Um, <laughs> He's a native speaker of English. Let's be clear. I'm, I, I write better than I speak, especially when I get excited or get a couple too many claws in me. Just a, just a few claws. Claws are good. Claws are the damned best. I'll be a basic white bitch. Tell you what. Hey, I just didn't have any in my refrigerator, so I have the, the sparkling barefoot wine right now, so like I'm not very far above basic. <laughs> Bless it. All right, so do you think that with all this craziness with COVID, did that, did that affect any of your application process? Is it affecting what you would prefer to be doing in the classroom? Like, how is that experience, you know, because we talk about, like, we have all these things, these ideas about, you know, kids that are going to college or experiencing that life for the first time. But, like, you had a college experience. This is now, you know, your graduate experience, which would be different anyways. But, but how are those expectations and reality kind of being met? Well, uh, <laughs> a lot there. Let's unpack it, right? So... <laughs> Here we are. Um, my college experience was far from normal. I was a commuter student, USF. I think it's like 70% commuters or something ridiculous. Don't quote me on that. I'm, I'm not. You're quoted. It's a giant fucking commuter school. I was also a commuter and that campus is not, it's not good for, well, it's perfectly fine for people that want to live on campus, but like, no. It, it doesn't make sense, especially when you live so much closer to home and, you know, housing is expen expensive. We it's all know that. Expensive. Um, we all know <laughs> that. And it was, it was nice for me because I, I got a year to live on my own with one of my best friends. I got a semester to live on campus. That was awful time. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, the rest of the time I got to live with my mom and I saved a lot of, um, saved, a, uh, saved a lot of time and money. Well, not time, I guess, because I had to drive a lot, but it is what it is. So, I never had the, the, the normal, per se, college, college. experience. Um, now, I will say that this is getting in the way of me being able to actually, like, be in the classroom. So this is a very collaborative classroom. We're supposed to talk about our ideas and share them, be building up our, our own idea base, but also kind of getting the idea of what everyone else in the room is interested in. Um, we're able to do that now through Microsoft Teams or whatever, but it's it's just not the same. You know, you have people who have their mics and their computers or their, their video off the entire time. You have no idea whether they're even involved. You have a few tryhards who they, they really like, they go out and over and beyond to try to like talk and to gain like the professor's attention, which is like awesome, except sometimes it kind of drags away from like the discussion that we're supposed to be having. Like, I don't know what's on the midterm, but you know, it, I'm not bitter about it because midterms passed we're, we're over it but like it's just like I did realize I did kind of find out that the, the the zooming or the distance learning kind of thing allows the kids to that want to be there and want to talk a lot they're able to do that and they have a little bit more of a sense of comfort or confidence because they're behind their computer screen right. yeah now <laughs> um I, with that being said I'm going back next semester so I'm going to be able to like have that experience that I would like to have um Every year, the, the teacher that I have, Dr. Arsenault, he usually does a, a, a St. Pete walking tour. Um, me and my wife got to go on that in my undergrad. It was a really, really good time. Um, and he probably won't be doing it because of COVID. Um, mm -hmm. he, they would usually go on a field trip to different places down in St. Petersburg of, of local history. Probably not going to do it. Um, and that's just a fact of, you know, you can't have 30 kids 
walking through any particular area. It, it just, it is what it is. When I say kids, I mean like, you know, old people like me, but <laughs> we're still kids. That's, that's why this is mind over millennial. We can't adult. It's fine. No, we're unable to adult. Unable. Unable. Literally. Yeah. Sorry yeah. guys. <laughs> I'm Sully Sullenberger. Unable. <laughs> Only like five people who like airplanes are going to get that joke. But if you've ever seen the movie, uh, what is it? Uh, Sully, literally yeah. the namesake, <laughs> you'll get it. Okay, so um, my last question kind of is a two-parter, but... Um, do one part at a time. I, I guess we can do that. I guess we can do one part at a time. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> um, so do, do you feel like you have been able to successfully manage your time? Like, you have a lot of commitments between work, a new marriage, a new house, other projects. I mean, you have... You have your plane and then you also you and lara are building a goddamn tiny home in a bus like they do all these things wow like they are legitimately like not only just like couples goals but almost like chip and joanna like wow i, I don't and I, I hope people also have watched um fixer upper or else <laughs> hey listen they, they also have a line at target check it out Oh, yeah, uh, awesome. they do. And awesome. all of the houses built in Austin now have at least one shiplap wall because of Because Chuck of that, right? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. You know, if only we can get that for Florida architecture in Coquina and stuff like that. <laughs> Shit, we'd be on the map. All the houses that I work with, they all have at least one shiplap accent wall. Are you in, are you in Tejas? Yep. Mm -hmm. okay. I've never yeah. been. I'd like to try it. It's pretty cool. It, it, well, no, it's not cool. It's hot as balls. But <laughs> I, I, want some, I want some brisket. I just I don't, here is excellent. I just want to go back to the fact that you just said I want to try yeah, Texas. Just, just try. I'm a Flor I'm a Florida boy. I, I know that. I'm gonna I just wanna dip my toe. Dip my toe in it, you know, just give try it on. See if I Hey, I mean if your house is gonna be in a bus, then you can try wherever, right? Exactly. Yeah, they get to try on all the states that they want, but probably not North Dakota. No, they're heavy really, though. Like I don't even know if we're gonna drive through that. Heavy. We're gonna go down south, go through South Dakota, and then go back up. Be careful when you try on a state; they're usually very heavy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The the boots. I know what all you right. mean. All right. I, yeah. I think I'm just gonna leave both of you dads alone, <laughs> and I'm just gonna mosey on out of here. Cause goodness, too cool for us. I, I'm I'm not even cool. I'm the odd one out here. Like this millennial humor, I just don't get. I'm just not a dad oh, person. Did you just say millennial humor? I have the humor of a 45 year old man in loafers. <laughs> like get out of here. Well, you've always been prone to fairies. He's I'm wearing them right. He's he's wearing his boat shoes. Fairies right are now. loafers. Yeah, that's loafers. Yeah. Anyways, time management. Time management. Not. Let's just say we're gonna go ahead and take the microphone for this one because it's important. Uh, <laughs> Give me that. Yeah. Yeah, my wife can attest. I am awful at time management. Um, so let's just go ahead and start with this. So whew, um, I am a procrastinator through and through. Uh, yes. That is something that I did pick up in high school and I have not shaken. Uh, if you want to call that a millennial trend, awesome. But I don't know who isn't a procrastinator these days, adults included. Um, the airplane, uh, as, as much as I would, I would love to take credit for, I just, it was, it's a new acquisition um and it i've been wanting to be able to fly forever i've had my pilot's license since 2015 haven't flown in like two years so this is a way for me to get back up in the air um wow. the bus the, the the question of the hour yes. everyone who knows me asks me about the bus and it, it drives me nuts um 
the bus is in a kind of a, like a lull right now. We wanted to get back into it around October, but with our professional obligations and housing stuff, and you know, it's just kind of been not the biggest priority. However, we are getting back into it. Um, it is a different color. It's not yellow anymore. It's not a big yellow fella. Um, so that's cool. But I don't want to spend too much time on that because that's not really a millennial topic. But if you guys want to do like a separate podcast on that, we can totally take a tour. Kind of is a millennial thing because yeah, tiny houses so and also like bus houses and everything that's like blowing up on the internet right now so i kind of feel like that is a millennial topic so it's it's blowing up but like i feel like we, we still got laid into it it's like you know all the people who opened up breweries and they're like <laughs> we're gonna have the latest hazy ipa and it's like but it's an oversaturated market you can't yeah. just open up and i like a brewery anymore it's it you can't go to a, a bank and be like hey give me a loan for a brewery they're gonna laugh at you um so like the buses are kind of being oversaturated. And so as cool as it is, and I, I love it, it, you know, working on it in Florida sucks balls. It's hot. Mm-hmm. It's hot, right? So like we, we gave up at, uh, in August. We were like, we were painting it, painting it, the top of it white, right? Florida, oh, we wanted to dissipate some heat. It blinds you. You apply mm-hmm. that paint and then the sun reflecting off of it blinds you. It is bad. So yeah, we kind of stopped for a couple of months until the, the summer broke. It's still not braked, as you can kind of tell by my glistening features right now, but um, we're going to get back into it as soon as the heat is not here. Um, it's going to be awesome. It's going to have a shower, AC, hopefully, you know, <laughs> it's going to have like, it's going to have a toilet. You know, people are like, oh my God, you're going to have a shower and a toilet on a bus. You're damn right we are. Like, how else are you going to do anything? Like it's built off of a short bus, so it's only five windows. If you've ever, there are so many bad jokes in that sentence after you said that you uh, teach that, I, that I'm a special needs teacher and I'm driving yep. a short bus. Yeah, yeah. I've ran into that as well. And I, I always, you know, I have to t- kind of take it with some grace because, you know, I, so yes, uh, me and my wife, we are happily married for over a year now. Congrats. That's we have awesome. some, some claps in post production we're going to add in there. Um, but also, we, we also got a house, and the house is, uh, I think it was built in like 1984 in Florida. It's nothing special, uh, but it's ours. It's our little, like, our little plot yeah. of, of happiness, and our dog lives there, and our dog is incredible. Bella, shout out. Um, Pitbull. Um, Aww. I cannot say more good things about pitbulls. If anyone out there says you don't like pitbulls, sorry, you have a bad opinion. Um, but, I love them. Um, what else was there? So projects, oh God, Just time management in general, uh, that one. Yeah. So as you can tell, I have like a million things going on. I'm able to juggle them semi reasonably, but I do forget things a lot. I double book myself a lot. I have to like keep a calendar, which I don't do. <laughs> um, I, I like will do it. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I got a nice calendar going for this month. And then like three days later, it's completely askew. And I, I don't, you know, I haven't caught up with it. And so I'm like, oh, fuck it, whatever. Yeah. So, but you know, I think that that's kind of being an adult in general. It's not just being a millennial that you can't be able to keep your shit straight. It's being an adult in the 21st century when you have a million things going on and you Especially in 2020. Yeah, and when you rely on your phone, and when it's 2020, when COVID's happening, all of the above. Hashtag, what is it? Baptized by COVID. What? I don't I haven't heard that one. I just made it up. I I have <laughs> never heard of it. I thought about. I almost said chastised by by COVID, but, which is <laughs> also kind of work. But yeah, baptized by COVID. Bam, trademark like it. it. There we go. Over okay. millennial, making a shirt. You have my permission. <laughs> baptized by COVID. TM 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 TM, because that's how that works. 
was that part one of your question, dear? I don't think we got to part two. That is technically yes. That is part one. I told you. Okay. One at a time, y'all. One at a time. <laughs> so beyond like just the Florida heat and everything else, do you feel like there's anything that you've had to sacrifice? in order to make this all work. Like you have, you have your career. Well, not necessarily, I guess you have your job. I don't know if it's a career for you, but you have, you have teaching and it's not even like it's an, it's an easy teaching thing. Cause I mean, like you have a heart of gold in, in the patience of a saint. So you just kind of walked into being special needs. Yeah. Pat yourself on the back. You know, I'm just being really complimentary <laughs> here. Um, <laughs> but you know, between all these projects and you know, your professional life and also like the first year of marriage is, is not easy. Like your, your wife's a fucking saint, but oh, I imagine, sure. I imagine it's been difficult for her with you. Shouts out. <laughs> <laughs> so you know between all of that do you feel like you have had to sacrifice anything um and like you probably have but do, do you feel like anything's gone kind of awry when you've started this program oh uh, okay so um i'm gonna take it again you know uh, it is what Give it is and, you know one uh, one elbow so you're right absolutely it did kind of it took a lot um so i got i did this program like i said i i applied on a whim just decided that I was going to do it. And when I got in, I was like, well, oh, shit, am I going to actually do it? <laughs> and so I talked to my family, my mom, my brother, you know, my wife, obviously, all of my closest advisors. And I was like, hey, so what am I going to do here? And they were all pretty much just like, well, that's up to you, gazpacho. You, you got to figure it out yourself. Like, you can't just, like, ask us to make your life decisions for you. And so, like, I, my wife had a lot of insight, and she said, you know, you love it. It's, it's your passion. You've talked about it for as long as I've known you. Um, why not now? Why not? Do, why not try it? So, uh, it, you know, obviously, if I don't like it, I can always stop. And I, I went into it. And um, I think a lot has suffered in regards to the things that I get to do at home, like I'm busy a lot. So my, you know, my wife will be watching TV and she'll want me to hang out with her. But I, like, I, I don't study as well over in the living room where there's more distractions. So I like to sit in like the, like the, the kitchen area. And so we don't really hang out as much as we used to. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That is something I'm, I'm actively trying to work on. Um, my, my principal gave me some pretty good advice by saying, hey, bust your ass during the week. And then the weekend, devote to your wife. Like make that the time that you guys can spend together. And, and so that's what I'm trying to do. But obviously, like I get, I'm a procrastinator. And so I'll fall behind on my readings. And then I'll be like, oh shit, I have 20, you know, thousand pages to read by seven o'clock. Sorry, babe. Got to read. And you know, then I'll like read four or five pages. I'll, I'll, oh God, Instagram, Reddit, the other. And so I guess that is where the millennial will come out where I'll, I'll, I'll kind of allow myself to be distracted by these things instead of just being like, here, I'm gonna throw my phone in the lake and just kind of like dedicate myself <laughs> to this program. Need one um, of those lock boxes for your phone where you can't get in it for so many hours. Honestly, like it's a joke, but I have thrown my phone into bodies of water before. So it's not like the first time. Um, oh. But yeah, it's just, you know, you get tired of it. You, you don't want to be unplugged, man. And you just chuck it. Uh, well, um, but it would be cheaper if you just locked it in the box that like doesn't unlock for six hours. Yeah, but that would be far too easy. Okay. I'm a Florida Never man. That's not how oh, we okay. do that okay, here. My bad. I, don't, I don't know if anyone of your uh, listeners is from out of Florida, but yeah, we're, we're a different breed down yonder. Come on, visit. But it's just made of money, apparently. No, because, you know, it, they're waterproof. We're, we have an iPhone. We're civilized. So I go and I fish it out. have been waterproofed. I don't know what kind of an iPhone you have, but yeah, I, I, I just wait. Yeah, like I, I, oh. if I had a body of water here, I'd show you, but it, I don't. So um, <laughs> experiment, teacher. 
That's what we do here. Science teacher phone in water. So, you know, but realistically speaking, yeah, you know, I'm sure that that will bite me in the ass one day, but it hasn't yet. So I haven't learned my lesson. So we're going to continue as course. Besides family time with my wife, uh, my chores, not doing them and her picking up my slack again, bless up. Um, and, um, I don't know. I don't get to do as much of the fun stuff that I used to do. Uh, and, and, and when I say that, I do mean that, but I feel like that I like the, the stress and the anxiety is so much that I can't enjoy the things that I like to do. Like I get to still yeah. do them, but you don't, you're not truly enjoying them. You know what I mean? Like you're always like, right, right. Oh God, I have that paper to write or, Oh no, Albion seed. I have to get 200 pages done by this point. Or, you know, like, oof, uh, you know, did the professor think what I said last Wednesday was dumb or not? Like that are like some of the questions that go through my head that I'm like, Woof, <laughs> I'm never going to be able to like live that one down. <laughs> yeah. So, but like, you know, and I'm again, correction, I'm still doing all the things that I love to do. I get to still go out, you know, I get to go to breweries. I get to go to museums. Me and my wife just got back from St. Augustine, one of the go- most gorgeous cities in all of the land. If you haven't been there, go. Um, haven't been there. You haven't? No. I'm not from Florida. I, I, well, correction. I lived in Florida for three months when I was like knee high to a grasshopper, but otherwise, no. So you need to come and we'll go. So, so Tess, um, I actually decided that whenever I do have a baby, because that's going to be a while from now, but my uh, baby shower is going to be in St. Augustine because I went once and it is gorge. So obviously you'll be there for that. Obviously, yeah. she's with child. (laughs) We're going to be able to see some history. You know what I mean? I tell you what, I tell you what, I talked to a, a Catholic nun, right? Uh, there, I think it was of Saint, kind uh, of the covenant of St. Joseph's. What, what, what was the question? One more time. Is there another kind of nun? Uh, Actually, no. Oh, you're a good point. Good catch, good catch, good catch, good catch. Yeah. Um, so uh, of the St. Joseph's and she gave me some more, like she knew one of the professors that's in the program. Um, so like that was wild. I guess he like came over and digitized the oldest documents in United States history. Uh, wow. 1500 Spanish documents. So he digitized Whoa. them for them. Uh, really cool. I haven't met him yet, but from what I understand, he's a really cool guy and he like, he knows his stuff. And so I'm, I'm excited to learn from him. Yeah. But you know, she taught me so much, you know, and like we were sitting there t- trying to take pictures. Like my wife had me like, we're going to do some twirls in an alley and we get out there and this woman's like sitting there like for the entire hour and a half that we're there, she is rubbing WD-40 into a 1800s locking mechanism for the church. Like Whoa. she's 40, I'm not lying, 45 minute or 45 to an hour, she is rubbing WD-40. Like it, was Lara spinning in an hour no, for an hour? No, she was patiently waiting like a saint. <laughs> I don't know if I can use that in the same kind of phrasing, but yeah, she was saying, like waiting there, like knowing that this is like a, kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity, right? You know, like not only am I never in this city, but also you don't know when this person might not be there the next time we're here and she can have this opportunity to, to regale me with her knowledge. Gotcha. So like, I don't know, it was a great opportunity to talk to her. Um, and like the entire time that we were like, me and my wife were there, we were taking photos and we were enjoying Florida foods and we were like exploring and saying, wow, that's dumb. Why do you do that? Like, you know, whenever you see <laughs> tourists, you know, doing dumb stuff. Um, yeah, we're people watchers un- unashamedly. It's one of the best past- pastimes. <clears throat> Uh, unabashedly unabashedly all right but also yes it is one of the best pastimes like that is 100 percent true yeah yeah. so i mean tess have have you ever thought about getting a master's i have i actually have a couple of questions um if that's okay just a couple no no he's my friend you (laughs) You can't i mean you can't can't ask him any questions (laughs) 
Okay. No, the first one, um, when I was doing my senior project, I was a STEM major. So when I was doing my senior project, my main professor told me that I needed a published work in order to even be considered for grad school. Is that a STEM major thing or like, what did you find that to be true? Um, so when it comes to a published work, I don't, I don't a hundred percent know. I did they didn't require that for my major. However, okay. my major is interdisciplinary. When I say major, I, I mean that lightly. I don't really know exactly what it's called at a graduate level. But like, so it's interdisciplinary. There's a lot of like, you know, anthropology. There's a lot of history. There's a lot of geography, a lot of stuff. And so they don't really require a lot of like the specialized stuff. Um, however, I don't like, I don't, I can totally see it being within the realm of possibility that to be able to be a history graduate student, you have a piece of published work inside of like an academic journal. Um, right. You know, history quarterly, one of the ones that you might need. Uh, so I can see that as being a thing. Uh, that might be something that you kind of ask the like the graduate advisor for because that's going to be more like program specific. I got you. Yeah, and I mean like just to kind of piggyback off of this because originally before I got my degree, uh, <laughs> before I got married, I was going to get my PhD. And so that whole entire thing, pretty much, you don't necessarily have to be published when it comes to history or something that's kind of obscure. So like for me, I was actually gonna go into genocidal studies, but the benefit of being published is that, yeah, you're taken more seriously, right? Like you already have a peer reviewed item. Mm -hmm. um, but for history, it's also one of those things where if you've gone to a colloquial, a colloquium or a uh, seminar, and mm -hmm. you have given, like you have written a piece and you are presenting a piece in that program, which I actually did for uh, Phi Theta Alpha uh, by accident, really. Um, <laughs> that was just because Dr. Tunstall was the, the head. Rep, rep, I'm a member. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and for people that don't know, because why the fuck would you know? Um, that's the uh, History Honor Society. But, you know, I, I got to do that and it was an interesting experience. And, you know, it looks good on a resume for academia, just the same as have, being published. Like of all, all of the people here, like Tessa's the most professional, I fucking guess. Uh, <laughs> she's actually published. But I, okay, don't, I don't even understand the title of my own paper, so it's fine. <laughs> but I, I feel like for, for the research purposes, like you are far more set than um either of us are but i don't know if it's necessarily something that's required if you're going to a smaller F usf is a very reputable school and they have oh, very yeah. reputable programs but like if if you were going to like a yale or a harvard or an oxford like those are the types of things where i would expect a little bit more of oh i've gone to i've gone to a seminar i've presented in a seminar or i have like x score on the gre or whatever probably schools that are going to pay you to go. Like they're going to want you to go above and beyond. Whereas schools that I you're going to be paying them to teach you shit, they're going to be like, yeah, well, I mean, it would be cool. Right. I got yeah. you. Okay. I, yeah. I feel like it's one of those things too with those uh, language arts or, or the, the arts basically, because history is considered an art, you know, it's mm -hmm. not a science, um, would be, or a liberal art, excuse me, would be the thing that like, you you don't get many scholarships for i don't feel mm -mm. no not at all you don't mind me asking super personal taboo like what is the financial strain like going back to school so it's it's you know well and i say this with a little bit of like a like a, a caveat right because mm -hmm. when i got it's gonna sound so like 
bougie, but when I got accepted <laughs> and then I had to subsequently pay for my first semester of classes, three credit hours, I had just gotten the Thorpe behind me, the airplane. And so mm -hmm. it was like, okay, this next couple of months is going to be a little tight. Oh shit. Now I have $1,400 and, and fucking tuition to pay. Like, right. so it was a bit of a surprise. I was not expecting both to get in and to have an airplane drop into my lap at the same time. Cause it, that wasn't like a, like a thing that I had been looking through for years and years and years. Like it just happened to drop. And so like, it was, it was considerable, the financial strain. Like it was, it was, it was tough. And for uh, several days, I didn't exactly know how I was going to be able to do it. Um, but I, you know, and then I like, I was like, all right, you know, I'll put it on a credit card. No big deal. I'll pay it off later. I checked. USF doesn't accept visa. Like, who are you? <laughs> this is 2020 and you don't accept <laughs> out. Like, I almost wanted to like rescind my application. Like, no, <laughs> if you don't accept visa in 2020, get out. But alas, my mom ended up letting me use her credit card and then I just paid her back. So it worked out. Go mom. Go mom. Mom, Susan, wrap up. But like, <laughs> whoa. It was a pain because it was like, I wanted to do it my own. And like, as much as it would have sucked to have eaten $1,400, I would have dealt with it over the course of the three, four months. And I'm in the, the program right? in time to be able to do it again next semester. Uh, but that wasn't the case. So next semester, I'm going to see if I can try something else out. I don't obviously want to ask mama out for, for help every time. Oh yeah. But she would because she's uh, again a saint, she but so now it's my turn. All right. We're going to flip the script interview or uh stepbrother style. What did you major in, in college? Tell me about yourself. Cause I feel like I'm left out and I'm sure if I'm left out some new viewers, maybe. <laughs> um, I majored in engineering science. Um, I, and <laughs> I'm, I'm just, had... you're already out of my <laughs> academic league right now. Like I can't do Oh yeah, no, a lots of calculus all the way through Cal three. Finally dropped off at uh, the proofs class and was like, I don't need that minor. I'm not gonna take Cal four. It's fine. Um, so emphasis in math and then a weird emphasis in um, English and composition. I was like one credit away from a minor in that and one credit away from a minor in math and ended up graduating with 65 more hours than I needed for my bachelor's. I don't know why. That's fine. When in math. <laughs> Well, and the other thing, too, that everybody truly needs to understand is that Tess is just a fucking genius. No, I'm not. No, I just am a glutton for punishment, I think, because I took, like, 18 hours every semester. Um, so you're telling me that 18 hours every semester doing all of that for an engineering degree, but you don't think that you might be able to get a master's knocked out? Just, like, shimmy on in there? <laughs> no, I, I thought you, about it. I think it. you could do it. You can crank it, man. <laughs> thought about it I was just like I don't know what to go for and right now my job doesn't need me to get a master's and I haven't looked at something and been like I need that because like I said I don't even understand the title of my own published work so like it's fine <laughs> well you know the, the real inspiration for me getting my master's is that Pasco County schools will pay me three thousand dollars per year more woo it'll pay See, off in like you know a decade or so it's fine yeah that's that's an awesome incentive but right now with with my job you know i mean i'm a i'm a 1099 contractor and i have my own llc sub s and like i don't get paid more if i get more school so that was sarcasm by the way like it's not for the, the money at all <laughs> no i know but i'm just like i have zero incentive that's why it's just like i would have to pay money and work hard i don't know well, and the, the other thing, too, is that Tess and I are somehow expecting this podcast to do something for us at some point, so. Well, I, I'm going to ex uh, expect a signed copy of this CD. <laughs> that way we can say, yeah, yeah, we're not millennials. We use CDs, bitches. <laughs> we graduated from the VHS. 
Yeah, we'll send you a poster. Oh, God, so you can send me like an MP3 if you really are feeling a bit, a bit weird, but there we are. There you go. A digital file. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can put an autograph on a digital cut file, though. Like, at least if it's on a USB, I can see like a little smudge there. I think we'd have to get you like a Zoom and actually Bro. sign the Zoom. Bro, if you got me one of the blue Zooms like I had when I was a, a wee lad, oh my, I would... I would be super appreciative. If there's literally anybody from Gen Z that's listening right now, I'm sorry. <laughs> you have no clue. <laughs> we used to listen to music what? on back when. To this life. Uh, what's your favorite North American automaker? Right? Like North Dodge, Chevy, Ford? Uh, there's only one right answer. Okay. What's the right answer? Because I don't know. I haven't, I haven't owned any. Wait, no. My first car was a Ford, but I didn't really like it. Yes! There it is. <laughs> you did it. You, did, you passed okay. my test. <laughs> You did the thing. Now Glenn likes you. Yeah. So, I had a Chevy at one point. So really, it's 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 one hundred percent for show. Like you know, whatever you want, whatever floats your boat. If if you do, um, no. But yeah. you know, I do have a Ford now. My last car was a Ford, and it's my ride or die. I got my first car when I was twelve. It was a Ford. Nice. People are gonna be like, found on road dead. No 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 no. Oh yeah, it was. But also, it hit like five axes to. Buzzard had five axes like four fence posts before it died. Oh, <laughs> and then Glenn knew <laughs> he not be the best of drivers. I didn't hit any of those things. These were when my parents drove my truck. I thought the parents were supposed to be the more responsible ones. You would think. Well, good job. As a millennial, <laughs> you completely blew off everyone else's expectations. All right. Any any last thoughts? No last thoughts. I have to go reconsider joining a master's program now, I guess. I mean, I think Glenn makes it look kind of fun. Yeah. I think Glenn makes a lot of things look kind of fun because that's just how he lives his life. So. Parting words um, for the master's program. Do it. Excites you. Do it. Do it like you wake up and you're like, huh, I ponder, you know, like I wonder about this. And this program, as much as I loved it prior getting here and like seeing some of the things that I've seen, not like firsthand, but through the pages of a book, I've been able to really expand my mind when it comes to Florida. Um, when you think of the Everglades, what do you think of? Florida One man. Word. Gators. Well, you said swamp just a minute ago. That was two words, but how about you, Tess? I said Florida man. Hyphenated. Florida man. Okay, perfect. So uh, swamp, <laughs> gators, Florida man, otherwise known as the swamp ape. Um, yeah, right? So we have our own little folklore there. Um, but the interestingly enough thing is that the Everglades is not actually a swamp. It is, and you know, this might be oversaid because of uh, Stoneman Douglas, but it is a river of grass. It is a slowly moving river that starts up by Orlando at the headwaters up around you know, all the lakes of Orlando on the ridge of Florida, and then it, it proceeds southward. Um, and when we just utterly destroyed that uh, ecosystem mm -hmm. uh, with the, floor, uh, the Army Corps of Engineers and all the different like dredging and channelization and all that other stuff we pretty much ruined the ecosystem and that's something that i didn't know before i joined this class when i joined this class i too thought that it was a swamp i was like ew mosquitoes get away from me no like i can tell you right now i want nothing more than go on an airboat ride and to see what we've done because it's important and i don't wow. feel like enough people know about it that's really cool and sad find you something you like i'll try oh a funny funny parting moment um, do you guys know your Florida man birthday headline? Oh, yes. Yes, no, I did a no. while ago. I have to look <laughs> again. All right. I know um, mine. I know mine. 
You have to okay. tell us yours, Tess. While, while Lauren is Googling, um, if you Google Florida man and then your birthday, it will come up to the Florida man website and you will get a headline of a Florida man doing something absolutely obscene and ridiculous. And that's like your, your birthday headline for Florida man. So it's really cool. What's yours, Lauren? Criminy biscuits. Shirtless Florida man <laughs> removes nine foot alligator from swimming pool. More at six. <laughs> so, All right, my um, turn, my turn. Uh, June 24th, 1994. Lutes, Florida, June 24th. A Florida man is in custody accused of killing his 74-year-old grandmother in what is believed to be a bloody struggle inside of her nudist colony. Yeah, that's all we need to talk about that. So, so I wrangled a gator and Glenn killed somebody in a nudist colony. My grandmother. And apparently I got arrested for fucking a Shetland pony. Would you rather, now, now that we're in it, now that we're in it to win it, Oh, right. We were in it and out of time. Another, the, the, the dumb thing. Because Tess and I, we agreed that it was the gator, right? The gator. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather battle a gator or a wolf to the death in its best environment? All, all, all differences aside, like, do I have the same weapons? Do I have no weapons? No weapons. Do I have clothing? No weapons. You have clothing. And so, like, in, with the wolf, you well, are... I, I would have what I would have if I was going to the mall. Basically. Yes. Um, and it's in its own territory. Yes. Yeah, so, like, you're not in a swamp, but you would be, like, in... Like, you would be in the Everglades. But I would need to kill it. I couldn't evade. You could subdue it, but, yes, you need to kill it. You, ne- you have to engage. You have to subdue. You don't And the reason I say wolf, life. I'd rather fight the wolf, is because the wolf has soft sides and belly whereas i've shot or not me but my brother and dad have shot an, a nuisance alligator at one point in time not gonna say when because it may or may not have been illegal uh and that shit bounced off so if a bullet's gonna bounce off what am i gonna do are you kidding i am no i would die i might be able to like you know get the wolf into a stranglehold and for god's given you know glory i might be able to put it down <laughs> with that gator as somebody that has wrestled a gator out of a pool, according to a Florida Man article, I'm just <laughs> going to tell you that uh, the gator is the way to go. I don't know. Well, what are you going to do? Now that we're really... No, 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 no. What no, are you no. going to do? Like, so, so, what are you gonna do? It, it has armored <laughs> scales. Like, are you going to go over and kick it in its kneecaps? No. So you get on top of the gator and you close its mouth the way that fucking Steve Irwin would do. Yeah? I think it's yeah. So down. you get... You, you make, you make oh, him... You, you make him your friend. You got a little fucking buddy that's all scaly and shit. And then if you're gonna if you're gonna take him out, then you get him closer close-ish to the water. Not close enough that you can get a death roll, but close-ish to the water. Hold his little nostrils underwater. They can't breathe underwater. He's done. You're good. I just I really think that there's a lot of variables that are in play here that are not being discussed okay um I, I don't i'm not even gonna go into it any further because I, i'm not i'm not an expert in in you know animal behavior but i'm fairly certain the moment you put your back or wherever part of your body is going on that alligator it's not gonna enjoy it and it's gonna it's gonna immediately start to be pissy all right well you know our, our viewers can tell us we what agree, we agree to disagree um one one thing if you're interested if you go on to amazon prime i'm you you're both civilized i'm sure you have them Go to Amazon Prime, look up the swamp. 
It's okay. a movie on the Everglades if you haven't seen it. And there's actually a video of a Seminole man that they, I guess, after we came through and made our interstates, they, they started to do more roadside stuff for tourists instead of doing what they normally would do, which is hunt and fish and be nomads and such. Uh, anyways, you have a Seminole man literally wrangling a gator, like it was like a roadside attraction. And like he sits on it and then like flips its little arms back like in the crooks of his knees and then like lifts it up. And my, like my wife's a vegan and like I never really was all that caring about like little bitty animals that I'm going to eat. Nowadays, though, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? That, that gator has feelings. Like, stop. And, like, my, even my kids, like, I showed my kids this video because it's, it's not bad. Like, there's not a lot of, like, you know, some of the more racial or sexual themes that we would want to show middle schoolers. But mm-hmm. I showed them this to say, hey, like, this is what's happening to the glades. We got to fix it. And as soon as the alligator, like, scene came up, two of them were like, please turn this off. And I was like, it's, like, less than three seconds. We're going to just keep going through it close your eyes (laughs) you know three seconds later we kind of go past it but yeah it's like there's videos of people doing that and like it really kind of makes me sad so all this aside with the sadness because like that's real life but if you were to theoretically (laughs) have to talk about stabbing a wolf real life aside it's gonna be sad regardless right if you had to if if our viewers even care enough or listeners how about we throw an anaconda in there for fun oh that I don't think anybody can win against an anaconda, but if, if this, if this piques your interest, let us know, you know, send us, you know, don't you know, drop us a, drop us a like, subscribe, (laughs) leave a comment below. Yeah, actually, uh, if you guys like us enough, uh, follow us on Instagram at mind over millennial podcast. And uh, shoot us an email about whether or not you would want to battle a wolf or a gator or an anaconda, apparently, at mindovermillennialpodcast at gmail.com. And let us know what your Florida Man birthday headline is because those are always hilarious. And it's literally at the website called floridamanbirthdaychallenge.com. Bless. All right. So that needs to happen too. And we can add a few of those of our favorites to our adulting as emotional session. But uh, thanks. Thanks for joining, Glenn. Yeah. Welcome. Honestly, the pleasure was all mine. You were an absolutely wonderful and entertaining guest and we greatly enjoyed your presence. And if you guys ever want me to show you things like the bus, it is a like for sure like... Some Ooh, Patreon content. Yeah, there we go. Or yeah. yeah, and like I trust me, if you don't even want me to be on the podcast, I get it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but like just to hang out and show you guys what's going on. Like I, I, I love like hanging out with Lauren as you know, as she's already here all the time. And I'd test. I'd love to meet you whenever you get into town. Well, thanks. I'll be there eventually. I'm sure because you know Lauren. Probably, probably because yeah. Lauren. Like, he's in a pod. Yeah, pretty much. All right, guys. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. See you on the next one. Bye. Mind Over Millennial Music by Zach Guerra and Gabriel Ramos. We are funded mainly by ourselves, but we're not too proud to ask for support. Feel free to drop us a line to learn how you can keep learning from our mistakes and Google sources, of course.